Support is provided by the Red Stag Supper Club, serving lunch and dinner seven days a week and brunch on weekends, focusing on locally farmed ingredients and featuring a Friday night fish fry. RedStagSupperClub.com Now that's my trademark Oh, that's my trademark From Minnesota Public Radio, this is Grammar Grader. It's the podcast about words, grammar, and usage for the information age. This week's episode, The English Language, Part 2. Jenkins! Jenkins! Jenkins, get in here. Uh, yes, yes, Mr. Mortensen. Do you have the latest report on how men's jackets are selling? Yes, yes, sir, and we've noticed some interesting trends. What kinds of trends? Well, the jackets that close with buttons tend to be perennial favorites. Well, that's not news to me. Anything else? Well, we've we've noticed that the jackets that close with Velcro fasteners sell a bit faster when it's cold outside. Really? The ones with Velcro? Yes, sir. Velcro. Why do you think that is? Well, maybe people want something that's easier to close when they've got mittens on. That could be, because when it's warmer, we've noticed that our coats that close with zippers tend to move a bit more. Those reports seem confusing. Maybe it's something in the way the jackets are displayed. Have, Have you seen the display, sir? No. But let's have a look. Coats are on, what, second floor, right? Uh, yes, right on the left, right after you get off the escalator. Lost trademark. Last week, we began a discussion about trademarks and the rules surrounding them with American Public Media's Associate General Counsel, Mitzi Gramling, who joins us again this week. Welcome back, Mitzi. Oh, I'm delighted to be here. Let's get back into the conversation now. Mitzi, what are some rules that maybe writers should remember when it comes to intellectual property marks? That is to say, the R with a circle around it or the TM? Well, first, a TM is used when you believe that you have rights to a trademark, but you don't actually have a federal trademark registration. A circle R adjacent to the mark is used when you actually have a federal trademark registration for the mark. Technically, you should probably use the TM or R every time you use the mark, but graphically, that's messy and it doesn't look good. And most people, I think, just use the TM or the circle R the first time they use the mark in a written piece in a prominent place. And I've noticed that, you know, in news writing, the the intellectual property marks generally don't appear. That's true. And that's not because of intellectual property law. I think that's because newspaper editors don't like the clutter of TM and R. Now, Mitzi, last week you said that if a writer misuses a trademark, he or she could end up paying a trademark owner a lot of money. So what's at stake there? Is it is it about money or is it about something else? Well, it's partially about money, but it's probably also about reputation and branding. The whole marketing thing about branding. If you've spent money to create a brand name for your product and you want the public to associate that brand name with your product and someone else is using the same name for something else, maybe, of course, in your opinion, it'll be an inferior product. That's not something that that you would appreciate. Now, um, obviously, the laws protect the owners of trademarks, but how... How do we, as members of the general public, benefit from trademark protection? Well, I think, for example, with Cuisinart, when you buy a Cuisinart, you know that you're getting a product from the Cuisinart company, and you know the quality, and you know the warranties, and you know what's behind the product. If Cuisinart were just a generic term, and it meant any sort of food chopper, 
you wouldn't have the protection of knowing who you're buying the food shopper from and what the quality of the product is. No, there was a recent New York Times article written by John Branch, and it talked about the Frank J. Zamboni Company, which is the corporation that manufactures the namesake ice resurfacing machine. And Branch wrote that the company asks that the word Zamboni not be used as a noun or a verb. And it sounds like some kind of risk to trademark. Is that true? Wow, that's really funny you should ask. In fact, a couple of years ago, Southern California Public Radio used the word Zamboni in a news story. For example, the rink was Zambonied. And yes, we got a cease and desist letter from Zamboni Merchandising Company. It looks like you have the letter right there. What does it say? We appreciate your affinity for our brand name, but find ourselves in the awkward position of needing to bring to your attention the improper references to our trademark, in particular its use as a verb. It contributes to the dilution of our trademarks. Our trademark is always a capitalized adjective. What did you do to fix the problem? We changed the website to read a machine similar to a Zamboni ice resurfacer, and the Zamboni company was happy. So from a legal standpoint, why is it important for a company to protect its trademarks? It's important for companies to protect their trademarks and police their trademarks because if they don't, that's how it ends up in the public domain. And yo-yo ends up being any toy that is round and has a string in the middle. Okay, so that's a risk to a trademark becoming generic. But let me ask, are there any benefits to a trademark becoming generic? It depends on your level of altruism. Most companies make a substantial investment in their trademarks, and they want the trademark to be associated with their goods and services, and they want the quality of their goods and services to be associated with that mark. So if the mark goes into the public domain, they lose their investment, basically. On the other hand, if you're altruistic and you want people to use the term internet or whatever it is, and you take an internal pride... That's the only advantage I can think of from a trademark owner's perspective. From the perspective of the public, it would be great if everything were in the public domain. Then it would be kind of a free-for-all. Right. Right. Literally. Yeah. Mitzi, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, you're very welcome. Well, Jenkins, I think your report is inconclusive. Inconclusive? Yeah, these jackets aren't arranged in any logical way. What do you mean? Well, look, the winter coats that close with buttons, Velcro fasteners, and zippers, they're all mixed together. People are just buying them at random. Well, what what do you recommend to fix the problem? I recommend that you put down your ledger and your reports and start arranging the jackets into sections based on whether or not they close with buttons, Velcro fasteners, or zippers. Yes, sir. And start with the winter weight jackets, Jenkins. Well, you know what they say about handling winter coats, sir. No. What do they say? You'll feel a little down. Is that supposed to be funny? No. No, sir. Good. This has been Grammar Grader from Minnesota Public Radio. Source material for this episode comes from A Guide to Intellectual Property Protection by the Minnesota Department of Trade and Economic Development and from the Associated Press Stylebook the latter of which can be found at publicradiomarket.org. Special thanks to Mitzi Gramling for joining us today. And thanks as always to the Grammatis Personae players, Dale Connolly and Tom Weber. Our producer is Brett Baldwin. Executive producer is John Pearson. I'm Luke Taylor. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoy this podcast, consider becoming a sustaining member at minnesotapublicradio.org. Yes,